start off, would you like to introduce yourself and share what your work focuses on? Yeah, so um, I'm Tanya Yuritsky. I'm a pharmacist. I work at the hospital at the University of Pennsylvania. In, um, it's Penn Medicine in Philadelphia. I am the, my title is the Opioid Stewardship Coordinator, um, but I have, I'm specialty trained in pain management and palliative care, and I practiced and helped start the palliative care service and um, <laughs> practice in palliative care for 10 years before going into stewardship. Um, and now I do a lot of work around safe opiate prescribing, thinking about how to keep people safe from risky medication. So I believe you're also uh, president of the Society of Pain and yes. Palliative Care Pharmacists. Uh, Great. Um, I'm interested to learn more about it. Uh, would you like to share more about what the organization does? Yes, absolutely. So we are a uh, kind of small organization of pharmacists. Um, we are pain management palliative care specialists. It's about 300 of us and we are really um, <laughs> experts in, in our field and we work to promote education. Uh, we do a lot of like CE. We have a virtual conference coming up in, in June. Um, so we do a lot of education advocacy for pain management and palliative care, promoting uh, the profession to move the profession forward, so um, working on metrics to help people justify additional positions and, and thinking about uh, partnering, networking with other professionals and other societies to really grow and advance our field. That's great. Yeah. Um, so you just presented a session called When Pain Holds a Grudge, Give It a Nudge. Um, on this theme, have there been any recent developments and approaches for managing cancer-related pain? So it's kind of interesting because pain is, like, most of what we do is around um, expert kind of guidance, and evidence is not always robust. It's not all that different from practicing specifically, you know, in palliative care as well, where a lot of what we're doing is is harder to study um, or understudied or just lacking a lot of kind of momentum in evidence. So newer um, advances have not come around all that often. Um, I do think that treating the underlying pain, so like treating the disease, and so as we've had advanced therapies to treat the disease, um, can help with pain management in general. Uh, although sometimes that people are living longer with more chronic pain syndromes, so that does kind of change the landscape, but the people still having pain just different. Um, so we, we really do still rely on a lot of our like, traditional modalities. I think Linda, my co-presenter, talked a lot about our interventions and our blocks and our um, pumps and things like that. And those things are, they've been around forever, um, but I think are underutilized and are probably a tool that we could use more for our chronic pain patients. She cited a study from, I think, 2002. So we, we need more <laughs> recent evidence um, because we don't have it. And so the I would argue that our pain strategies are kind of, and evidence for that are lagging behind <laughs> significantly from the cancer-related right. studies. And that that's just unfortunate reality. I think we can, there are a lot of things in our toolbox, though, um, that we still can use. So we're not limited in, in resources, but we are, we could use some advances. <laughs> are there any directions where, like, advances are going, or is it still kind of a... Yeah, I mean, people are studying novel um, mechanisms, targets, for sure. I think people are using more buprenorphine now, getting a better handle on how to use that for chronic, uh, any type of chronic pain, really. Um, so that is, a, they're studying more how that works, like the basis of um, using that more commonly. And there's other receptors that are being studied to be targeted. People are using things like ketamine. People are studying things like um, hallucinogens or like psychostimulants to do more focused pain treatment. Um, so that's been, that's good. I think it's on the horizon. We have a lot of, I do think we have a lot of opportunity on the horizon. Hopefully there's, we're newer, what have been toted as less abuse, like 
subject to abuse medications or misuse medications. Um, I'm not sure how that pans out because there's things like abuse deterrent formulations, but an abuse deterrent formulation is can still you can still take more of them. So like even though they might not be able to crush it and inject it, the patient can still take 30. So like it's not necessarily foolproof. I don't know that anything is. Um, so there are, I think there's hope, and we, we do look forward to advances in the field. And in the meantime, I also think advances in the field do involve you know, safer management and right. thinking about how to keep people safe um, overall. Because there's this like, you know, just prescribe because you can kind of thing is not really a thing at the present anymore. Um, and so that is in a way, and for some people a setback if you can't get the meds you need, but an advance in how we think about kind of thinking to keep a holistic approach to pain management. Right, right. Yeah. Um, so along those lines, if anyone is interested in learning more about um, how to improve pain management, are there any resources they can look to? Absolutely. So um, Linda had quoted the ASPMN, or American Society of Pain Management and Nursing. They have guidelines and resources. ASCO um, has some really great guidelines and resources as well. They have survivorship guidelines. They just put out a pain management guideline for chronic pain. Uh, NCCN has guidelines for supportive care, pain management, survivorship. Um, so tons of resources out there. They're all very much expert opinion with evidence sprinkled in. Um, and so there are those are really, really good tools um, to help kind of think about how to do specifically in our um, patients with cancer. Great. Um, and Leslie, for nurses um, who couldn't attend uh, who are listening to this later, are there any take-home messages from your presentation you'd like to share? I think so. So um, I think what's important to think about is that the for when you're managing cancer pain with opioids, when you're in an active state and transitioning into survivorship, that before you even start the opioids, as a patient is starting on opioids, to talk about expectations. I think expectations are very important right now. And then, like in the long term, are we continuing these, or you know, or how are we managing these? Um, kind of thinking very much not just this minute, but these medications may be continued for a while. I think another key take home would be thinking about the medication is the risky thing. So the opioid has risks that in and of itself are inherent to the medication rather than the patient. So the patient's going to have risk factors, but no matter who you are, if you have an opioid in the home, they have risks. And so thinking about it from that perspective to help destigmatize the risks of opioids and using opioids and taking them for pain um, can really, it will help because patients are fearful. And so we have to kind of address it from the underlying root of why they're fearful um, and give them tools to feel that they are safe. So if they're worried about having them in the home, they should have a Narcan there, right? So that this way, if God forbid something were to happen, they know they have something. And then hopefully if it's explained the right way, they won't feel as scared. I think also the key thing to think about from Linda's part of the perspective is really thinking about interventions sooner. Interventions, of course, are good and they're helpful and there's always positives and negatives, always risks and benefits to anything you're doing, medication intervention. But I think having that on the radar before it gets to the point where the patient's disease is too advanced to use that um, as a, also a very good thing. As a nurse, you may not be the one doing that. You may not, or a nurse practitioner or whatever, you know, your, your um, role is. But you can surely mention it, <laughs> bring it up, talk to the patient about it, you know, think about this, is this an option, uh, mention it to the oncologist, kind of have it on the radar so that the pain doesn't need to get so bad. They don't have to be such severe suffering. And then if they get to end of life, it's too late. It's just too late to, to put things like that in. Um, so I think those are really good tips to think about. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Well, this has been great. Thanks so much for talking Thank with me you. about this. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you.